Welcome back to the DMC podcast, season two, episode 20. And today we're going to be talking about the future. You know, it can be quite scary sometimes to think about what the future holds and the things that are in store for us. But we're going to break it down a little bit and hopefully pose some interesting questions to one another and hopefully give you guys some advice on how to deal with potential anxiety that you may have about the future and what you kind of need to prioritize when it comes to thinking about these kinds of things. But before we do get started, Manny, how are you doing and how did you find last week's episode? I've been great, Joseph. Had um, a good weekend and it's just been, I've had a really, I mean, I don't know why, but last week of uni was like really, really amazing. Uh, it felt like a good time, good balance of getting work done and also just enjoying time with people and spending time with friends is always great. And just last week's episode, man, I loved it. It was absolutely amazing. It was so great to have two people on. And I think it was a different dynamic. In real, you know what? It's really telling the dynamic in real life, especially with more people and guests. Like, it's unparalleled compared to online, in my opinion. As much as online, I love it. And obviously, for many reasons, it's quite hard to get hold of people to bring them here, of course. But for the most part, it was it was great to like be able to have people here in person and just enjoy enjoy that kind of atmosphere with some of our friends that we probably haven't spoken to in a very long time or been able to get hold of because obviously you know how uni life is very hectic getting pulled in like a hundred different directions so it's great to be able to have them on and just have a chat with them and I really they did really well for for two people who spoke to us earlier are quite reluctant and quite like anxious about the whole experience it it just really felt like a free-flowing conversation and I really love that about it what were your thoughts on it? Yeah, definitely. Well, I, I love to see as well, you touched upon it, just how, as, as it went on, you know, initially at the start, a little bit of nerves and a little bit, you know, a bit of anxiety about what, what they're going to do. And, you know, it seemed all so serious to them because there was like a microphone in front of them and it's being recorded. But as soon as we started talking and they felt a bit more comfortable, yeah, it was really, really nice to just have a chat. And hopefully people got some good good advice out of it. I know I definitely did. And I'll definitely remember the stuff that they mentioned. So, yeah, it was really nice. And it was good as well, like you say, just do it in person and be able to have a chat because I haven't talked about, you know, I haven't talked about that kind of stuff with them. And as close friends as I am, it's a shame for me to admit that, that I haven't talked to them about, you know, their years abroad and such a part, integral part of their life. You know, it was great to have a platform and that I could actually talk to them about it just on a personal level as well as on a, on a wider scale in terms of the podcast itself. So, yeah, that was that was really nice. But today, as I said, we are talking about the future, you know, thinking about what's going to be going on in decades time, five to ten years time, however long in the future you do want to look, which we will be discussing. Um, yeah, we're talking about that today. And I want to start off, you know, not I was going to say nice and simple, but it's not really a simple question or a simple topic. But planning for the future versus living in the moment. What's your stance on this, Manny? How like how much stock do you put in either thing? And do you have like a certain approach that you take in terms of trying to keep this balanced? Or yeah, well, what your what's your stance on this? I think planning for the future for me has always been a very like long not like a like it's not like a very like sometimes it it can be a very very long-term thing but for me it's like oh I'm not planning really what's happening next week for myself like it will just happen but there will be certain aspects of my life that will be planned next week also so for example like next week I'll be probably booking another football session but that's already like in, it's already now in the moment because we're playing football this week as well. Where it's like that's intuitively just been added to the calendar. It was never like something I thought about before uni 
And I thought it was just a given that it would, that would happen. So when I was living the moment, I didn't really focus on that. And it's obviously now come into my life. Whereas, for example, I might be planning, like I said to you already, next week about going back home and seeing family. That's a bit more planned in the sense that I always need to coordinate with people, talk to people, see how that, those arrangements are going to happen. But as in, for me, it's live in the moment, but have a generalized idea of what's happening in the future. And I think move in that direction. That's how I look at it as like, take the necessary steps now to move into that kind of general area or direction. And it doesn't need to be super specific. It could just be a very vague idea, but as long as you're moving in that direction, I think that's the most important thing. Yeah, I like what you said about not being super specific, you know, keeping a general idea because it's like what Callan said last week he said about you know have don't plan everything down to a t but have some sort of general idea you know kind of kind of just know what you want to do but don't 100% lock yourself in and make yourself feel confined to those things a lot of the time when I'm thinking about what am I going to do next week I think of what would I like to do next week what I want to do rather than do I have any, of course, I think of my obligations, you know, such as studying and, you know, what and, and commitments that I've already made. But I also think of what would I want to do next week? Do I want to play tennis next week? Do I want to play football next week? Do I want to go and see these people who haven't seen in a while? And I don't necessarily nail down a specific exact time, but I just think I really want to play some tennis next week. I should definitely hit some friends up and try and coordinate that. And it's not something that I just, you know, really stick to in terms of a rigid time because of course things change and weather permitting and stuff like that but you can't predict everything that happens but it is nice to have a general idea but living in the moment is just as important I think and I like what you said about kind of you kind of do both at once in a way when you think about the future in a near sense of the word you you kind of do live in the moment because you think well right now in this moment I feel like I would want to play tennis next week. It's kind of a weird statement, but it can be extrapolated to, you know, all walks of life and everything that you get up to. It's just about doing what you what you want to do, what you're interested in, whilst also staying true to your, your pre-existing commitments, such as home life, studying, work life, stuff like that, and kind of, you know, embellishing it and flourishing with other things that you enjoy and making that a priority to you. You know, if you can identify your priorities and what you think would be important then it's going to be an enjoyable enjoyable time that, that, that's that's the way I look at it and for, for living in the moment I, I don't know how much stock I give to each one in terms of like 50 50 because being spontaneous I, I wouldn't realistically people who say they're spontaneous they actually are. I would never say that I'm a spontaneous person in comparison to people who are actually spontaneous. I like to have a general plan. And at the, at the point that the plan comes together, then I just like to enjoy it at that moment. But until the plan is actually in motion, until the thing that I've thought about has actually come around, I'm a still a little bit like, uh, uh, you know, I don't want to get ahead of myself. I, I'm a little bit waiting for it to happen, waiting for the thing to start. Like once it's actually begun, then I'll let myself, you know, be like, okay, cool. We're here now. We're doing this rather than, you know, it hasn't actually started yet. And then I'm thinking, okay, I can relax now. But the thing hasn't even begun yet. And I know some people be like, that's a little bit, you know, rigid for how to look at things. But, you know, living the moment for me is something that you do once 
the thing that you've planned for has started i don't know if you can relate to that or if you identify yeah, with that yourself I, I know what you're saying man i feel like for me kind of the type of person to plan a lot in the sense that plans for next week i'm working out what's going to happen and i kind of know what what kind of general direction the, the week is going to go next week but I, I don't think planning in the future really takes away from the moment especially in like for example when i plan for what i want to do it's not like you're over at my place for chilling and I'm just planning my weekend or my week. It's never like that. So I don't think it takes away from living in the moment because moments like that aren't, 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 are not interfered by things such as me planning my day or me going about the motions that I would do for planning in general. Like those kind of things don't happen. So I, I think you can do both. I think it's very, I think sometimes you can get caught up in the future when you're in the moment but I never really think it can take away from it as much as you as for me personally I don't feel like it does take away from us take away from it as much as I think it does or in the sense yeah. that people might perceive it to be yeah that's interesting because like as you mentioned that I just got a little flashback to when we were hanging out on Saturday and while we were playing tennis or just like between sets or whatever between like matches we were just trying to loosely plan and be like okay right once we finish tennis we should probably have to head to the shops grab some stuff to cook with and then you were like okay I'll go home cook Joe and Joe you can like we can you can just play smash or study or whatever and then I'll join you in the study rooms and that's like not necessarily planning for the future in a way but we're in the moment playing that tennis match but we're still thinking all right once we finish here what should we do afterwards and stuff like that you know it's, it's a consistently occurring process which doesn't necessarily need to be like a deep thing and be like okay exactly yeah. four or five I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna write it <laughs> sorry um the uh, like shopping um agenda was kind of just like I spoke to friends before I like got hold of you and was like I needed to go anyway I might as well go after we play tennis and it just made sense isn't it didn't take away from playing tennis it wasn't like oh no I need to worry about the person coming and us going to the shops it was never like that it was more of a we're playing tennis we're enjoying it and then we just kind of worked around the times that we had already going on in the moment and kind of made them see what would happen from there because to be honest, did we need to like actually study together? No, not really. It was just one of those things where you're already down here. You're already like near our place, our house. So you might as well just chill with us and just get some work done. Because why not? If we all don't have anything to do. Yeah, absolutely. And also shout out to Manny's tennis skills. Because this man really, he really put him put himself out there not being great at tennis. And then you know what? He took a game off me. I may have won the bat. I may have won the war, but he won one of the battles. So I'll give him that. Shout out to those tennis skills. Maybe we need to run it back. Run it back. All right. We need to run it back. I mean, also, yeah. uh, I remember on the podcast a few times, Manny chatting, chatting, uh, chatting the most about his table tennis skills. And my, my dear listener, dear listeners, I can say that he wasn't capping. His tennis skills are pretty. Of course. Table tennis skills, they're on point. And I, I was bested 11-3. I'll say it publicly because he, he I, I chatted a lot back to him. I chatted a lot back to him. I hold my hands up. This man, he 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 did me dirty. He's decent. I only talk that extensively about things when I know I'm very good. Just remember that. You'll never hear me talk about, <laughs> listen to me talk about tennis, bro. You'll never hear it from me. Why? Because I know I'm not great. Hey, he talked the talk, he walked the walk, and I got can't do anything but respect. I need to, you know what? You need to teach me how to serve in tennis, if I'm honest. 
I, I, your subs are just something else. <laughs> Once you get them, they're just something else. I, I, I returned one of them, but even still, it's just it's absolute menace of a, of a, of a, like yeah. a hit. Thank you, yeah. thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, that's that's the only thing I got going for me in terms of like actual ability. Otherwise, it's just ma- ma- mainly shit tennis. That's the way I love to play. To, to be honest, man, I- I'm worried about that. If we're talking about stuff <laughs> that we're worrying about in the future, that's one of those things. That's uh, <laughs> I'm very concerned. But yeah, no. But just just talking about the worrying about the future in general, though. Do you feel like uh, it's important to try and avoid that kind of emotion how would you manage that if someone were to say to you i'm worrying a lot about my future where i want to go how would you kind of conduct that process of talking to someone about that well you know what when i was younger like four maybe five years old like i was young young i was um my mom got called into the school uh for and she was just like you know oh, what's happened what's going on and it was me crying do you know why i was crying money i was four years old and i was like to my teachers hella like you know blubbering and you know having an existential crisis because i was saying to them i don't want to die alone miss i don't want to die alone i was four years old and i was like going like you uh, losing my mind over that fact and my mom was like joseph what you're so silly what are you what are you like do, thinking about those kinds of things for and it was, you know, I was a four-year-old and it was pretty silly for me to be having those kinds of existential crises at four years old. But I did for some weird reason. I was so worried about the future and so worried about being alone in the future and all these types of things that little four-year-old Joseph couldn't even comprehend it. You know, I, I don't know why I was thinking about such a thing at such a young age, but I was. Um, and in order to stop worrying about it, I don't know. I don't really know what my mum told me to stop me worrying about it because honestly when I tell you I was losing my mind I was losing my marbles they were gone the marbles have been dropped off the dropped off the table rolled under the fridge they were long gone but like uh, and then my mum was just like she managed to reassure me and I wish I could tell you what she was saying because it made a really big difference to four-year-old Joseph but unfortunately I cannot remember it was a good few years ago but in terms of when you're worrying about the future just Think about the things you can control, because realistically, if you're worried about something and it's within your domain to be able to make a difference without it, if you can make a change about it and make a direct impact, then it's OK to worry because you the worrying shows that you care and it shows that, OK, this isn't something that I don't want this to happen. Whatever you may be worrying about, whether it be financial stress in the future, whether it be, you know, if you're graduating from university and you're worried about getting a job, you can change that. You can make an active difference. If, for example, you're doing what little four-year-old Joseph did and was worrying about being alone, 80 years in the future, that's not something you can control at the moment. What you can control is whether you're alone in a year, You know, whether you're keeping in contact with your friends, whether you're making an active, active decision to keep control over the things you can control. And worrying about things that you can't control is kind of just it's needless and it's hard to say it's hard to be able to let go of that because you don't you want to believe that you can control it and you you unfortunately you can't so I don't know if you class it as avoidance though Manny or whether you class it as just being realistic you know in terms of thing not worrying about the things you can't control would you say that's avoiding it or would you say that's just being realistic about the topic I think that's just a good management skill in the fact that like 
you won't you, you're not avoiding it inherently because of the fact that your belief system is that if you cannot control it there is nothing you can do to contribute to that future in a sense which means that it is kind of up in the air already so i'm not saying you're avoiding it but it's already so unpredictable there's no need to even think about it i mean that's how i see it i don't know if that's how you see it but that's kind of how i i kind of interpret what you've said and just to add to what you've just mentioned uh, I, i'm probably someone who worries quite a lot about the future and uh that things i would like to get done or things i feel like i should do but i feel like my worries always come from that word where should where it's like it should be an obligation or it's I'm obliged to be doing these things which I haven't actually done or I need to perform at this specific level because of x y z reasons and it hasn't come into fruition and and uh, part of what you said is correct in the fact that I can't control it but when I can control it I feel like that's when in a sense I don't want to say I worry less because that's probably not the right way to kind of like like um like say it but it's funny that the things that we can't control as much we worry more about i don't know if you've noticed that about in the future in general that you may worry about is it the same thing for you where you worry more about things that you can't control rather than you can i think the things that you can't control seem to have a larger impact on your life rather than things you can control like just as a an overbearing thing the things that you can't control such as um Global warming is a group thing. That's that's obviously we as people can 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 make a difference, but as a person, you can't control it. And I think these and that's a real big threat to you know life on this planet in general. But that's not something that I can control. And I think that I don't necessarily worry about that because I do what I can to make a difference in terms of you know the things that I I don't want to sound selfish here, but the things that aren't too much of an inconvenience to do that I do you know such as just recycling and you know drinking tap water instead of bottled water and you know not dry not using like public transport as much and walking wherever I can and stuff like that and using renewable energy sources you know such as like for example my dad runs his office from a shed on uh, an enclosed space in London which he runs from energy from solar power and that's literally where his office is and he runs it from solar panels. That, that's not, just, and that's just, I think that's just being smart, you know, but is it, is that also making him worry about the future and stuff like that? Not really, you know, he, he knows that it's going to be solar powered and he knows that he can just not have to worry about how, it, what impact it will have in the environment. Not saying that he necessarily does worry about that, but if he did, that wouldn't be a thing he has to worry about anymore because he's still making a little difference himself and he can just hope that other people make that difference too. But you know, worrying about the things you can't control, I feel like those have got big impacts, you know, the things that you can't control, like global warming, like social injustices, you can't control those things. But if you could, it would, it would make such a big difference. But it's, it's hard because those things have such a direct influence on lots of people's lives that it takes lots of people to be able to change the influence it's got, if you know what I mean. Don't you feel like that, though, then in your own little bubble, you can change it, though? I know what you're saying is in these things are so grand in the sense that they can't be controlled by like uh, ourselves as individuals, but as a collective, it's more likely to be controlled and managed better. But for example, the global warming example, if if you do your own part 
to play like walk more uh, use solar panels don't you feel like that's kind of you playing an active role in trying to look out for those ahead of you in the future for example yeah i think so but some of those things are instinctive now for example like just when i would sort of get an item from amazon i always fold up the the packaging and put it in the recycling bin instead of the normal bin and stuff like that that's instinctive whereas you know making an active decision to do certain things certain bigger steps is a little bit more difficult and a little bit you know takes a little bit more concentration to do so it's it's hard for me to say because i i, I see it from a very big perspective that i can't really make a difference but i like I'd like to think that you can. It's just you have to hopefully rely on other people to also want to make that change as well. No, I I get where you're coming from. It's just um because I, I don't know if you if you take everyone as like their own individual bubble and you do something like within that bubble that you feel like is right or in our in your sense like contributes to that massive cause. Of course it does rely on the people around you, but you could be the example where people follow suit because you're the person in that bubble that's doing the thing that you you want to so for example let's say we all decided that we wanted to take the bus to go somewhere but you were like let's just walk it because it's like an extra 10 minutes by you walking it might influence other people to also do it and I, I think that's also like kind of how uh, movements start to happen because one person decided to have the courage and perhaps even in some cases the audacity to stand up to something and as a result it's, it's kind of got bigger and bigger and it's got a bigger following. So that, that's kind of how I see it. And I understand what you mean in the sense that individually, if you take yourself as just one node in a network, you're not really going to do much when you need so many people, but you could be the connector. Uh, you could really be the person who makes things happen and starts those things in, into motion because you decided to take that big step or to even decide that step in that direction, which is for... Um, in some cases the greater good but just to answer your question that you said earlier about avoiding it if that's healthy for me personally I don't agree avoiding it is healthy I, I don't think you should avoid the, your worries or concerns about the future because the truth is your concerns about the future should kind of be in a an indication or like a thing to like understand where it's like why am I worried about this why does this concern me so much? Like, for example, let's say someone's at uni right now or at an age where they believe that they need to find a job, for example. And they're like, so why, why does this worry me? And for some people, their worries and their thoughts can go so far into the future. It could be like, if I don't get a job right now, it won't give me enough like money for me to stably like, contribute to a lifestyle where I would want to have kids in the next 10 years and that means that I'd have to rely more on my significant other and all of these factors, which is sometimes it can be difficult when, when you kind of get onto that thought, thought train where you, you kind of said, oh, this is the one thing that it was in isolation was not having a job. But then you kind of just accumulated all of your worries and put them into the future and projected what it could be. I think sometimes as much as it sounds like quite like, quite upsetting in the sense that like, you think like that but I also think that's a good indication of your head is getting to a place of an understanding of the repercussions of your actions in the present or the action inactions you or the action that you're not taking partaking in this moment and the ramifications of that in the future so 
I, I don't think avoiding it should necessarily be the thing at hand. I think sometimes questioning it or even facing up to it could be uh, equally as important in that sense, because in those cases, as much as there are variables you can't control, overall, you can control whether you are able to find a job because you can upskill, you can apply to more things. Like, uh, you, uh, you, we've got a brilliant example. Yourself, uh, Joseph, you applied for like 30, 40 odd different jobs. Uh, I'm not sure how you felt about those. You've spoken about it before in the podcast, but from what I can remember, it, sometimes it was upsetting. Sometimes it was a bit difficult getting rejected and stuff, but and there was a bit of concern as well from not only yourself, but maybe from friends in general about finding jobs um, just to do as an internship. But can you just speak to that? Don't you feel like facing up to it would be like a good option? Yeah, I mean, we we worry because we care at the end of the day. You know, exactly. I was I was worried about whether I would get a placement or not because I cared you know I cared about getting a placement because I I wanted one I wanted a job and I knew that if I managed to get a placement that that could open a lot of doors for me and so I cared about it quite a lot and I I wouldn't say necessarily I avoided that that thought of because at one point after maybe the 25th rejection uh, I I was getting a bit worried like oh crap what if I what if I don't get one? But instead of avoiding that thought and just think simply pushing it back or going, ah, I'll, don't worry about it, I'll find one eventually, that the worry actually spurred me on and it actually facing up to it encouraged me to, you know, do little things that I didn't do with the first 25 applications that I did with the next 20 applications, which was spend more time on the, the personal statement, for example, and spend more time researching be a bit more meticulous about the things that I say in terms of in video interviews or in online applications and stuff like that. So the worry that was starting to seep in and the worry about my future that was going to come did actually encourage me to make a more active change and to be the difference that I wanted to see. And to be honest, facing up to it was a great, you know, a great choice rather than simply avoiding it and thinking and being a bit naive. I could have been naive and thought, you know, I'm a smart kid. I'm I'm reasonably, you know, chatty and friendly. I'll I'll get a job eventually. If I went to the next 20 applications with that exact same outlook as I did with the first 25 and not made a single change, I wouldn't have got my job for the past year. And subsequently, I wouldn't have been offered a job that is now I'm going to be taking for my graduation and those kinds of things like that. None of that would have happened if the start the start of worrying didn't seep in. And if I didn't make that decision to face up to it and think, okay, I'm worried now. Why am I worried? Why do I care? Do I care enough to make a difference and to start making changes? And that's what mattered to me. And I, I identified that actually I care for X, Y, and Z. I care for these reasons. And this is what I'm going to do to make that change. And I think that was very important that I faced up to it and that was the right decision to do. Have you got any examples on your side, Manny, where you've started to worry about something and you've made an active change and been like, okay, I'm worried here. I'm worried about how this will impact my future. Did you make any changes as to to what your approach was and has that made a positive impact in your life in a certain scenario? I think it's kind of similar with the, the, the jobs in the sense that, I was like you yourself, very worried about whether I would find something or not. And then 
it's really funny and it's it's kind of like ironic in a sense where if you worry less about something and just go go for it and just like not really care about the outcome you'll be very surprised how likely that thing works in your favor and that's how I feel it happened for me in the sense that I kind of just tried to remove myself from the outcome I understand it as a regardless of whether I, I go for these jobs and I get them or not overall there's there's a sense of uh like if you detach yourself from an outcome you you'll just perform as if it's just anything else and maybe that kind of sense of removing any weight or value to that scenario or a scenario in general it helps you to perform better and eases your worries about the future in general I feel like if you're less outcome focused and more like I'm doing this because I want to do it and in a sense regardless of what happens at least I know that I've actually learned or understood something from this thing as a think of it as an exercise then you'd be surprised how um how much you learn from it and not only that how much like how likely the outcome is going to be positive and that's that's kind of when me and you are kind of similar where for you, you you looked at those 25 experiences the first time around and thought you needed to refine something but for me I feel like from my experiences I was so focused on I had to get this I had to get this when when I just removed it like we'll see how it plays out and I'm just going to do what I think is best in that moment it the future kind of worked itself out and it's, it's really weird because then it's like how how in that in my in my scenario said like, what did I value more the present or the future and if I'm honest it probably would have been I would have probably said the future back then but as I speak about it now in this kind of like in these kind of terms I think the present was probably more uh, important than the future but what would you say is more important the future or the present that that's a tough one because when I when you you know propose that statement and I, I hear it back I start to think about say I give myself a scenario in my head and I think okay I've got a really important exam coming up a really important piece of coursework hypothetically I'm just saying for people or say if someone's got a really important job interview or really important life decision to make or they're working really hard on something that and it Bennett but you're feeling like you're struggling with it and you're having some sort of mental crises and you're you know feeling you know pretty pretty bad about things but you have to persevere and you have to continue forward for the benefit for your future at that point do you think okay present me like right in this moment I'm having a really bad time I'm having a really rough time it's been really difficult to get up in the morning and to to face up to the fact that I need to you know do something I, I you know whatever this unnamed thing is that's causing you trouble and even though it may benefit your future to grit through it and to, you know, find a way to grind out results and it will benefit you in the future, but it will degradate you in the present. I honestly, I would probably personally go for the present and go for the, you know, the sanctuary and have a, a solid f- ground f- foundation of mental wellness rather than absolutely bust my ass and grind out a result that yes it will be beneficial for the future but it's completely degradating me at the moment and I I would say the present at that in that scenario would be more important to, to focus on and to focus on how present you is feeling because 
if that goes down the window, out the window, down the drain, even if you do manage to do something that would be successful for your future, will that necessarily, you know, rescue you from whatever dark, degraded place you're, you are in in the moment? I'm not so sure. So I would say, at least from that perspective, it's important to take care of yourself and important to take care of your present self. But I can understand why some people would think sometimes you just got to suck up to it and, you know, embrace a bit of difficulty in order for the present, for, in order for the present to benefit for the future, if you know what I mean. I, 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 would you have a different, different say on that, Manny? Because I'm definitely 100% in the camp of I would keep my present self at, at you know pleased and happy but at the cost of my future self being a little bit you know providing some difficulties for the future if it makes present me a bit more you know a bit easier I, i'm quite the opposite to be honest wow, I, I think okay. the future is I, I value the future more than the present because the future is potential and for me uh, when i think of potential i'm very like optimistic about it whereas like my future self uh, obviously if partaking the present actions which i need to do to make my future self better my future self like ideal or outcome seems way cooler than i am right now and obviously there is like people who may think in the opposite way where it's like my future self doesn't might seem like they're on, going to be in a worse place but for me personally when i think about the future i think about someone who's probably five ten times better than they are currently and that's just Maybe it's just me fantasizing too much about where I think I could go, but it's it's really something that I think about a lot because if someone was like to me, all you could be and all you want to be is what you what you are right now, I don't think I'd be satisfied. Cause there's so I feel like there's so much more to it than just that. So that's why when I think of uh, uh, like what's more important, I, I think of my future self. Because with my future self, it's the, I think sometimes it is the idea of potential which kind of gets hold of me in the sense that I feel like that's more important than where I'm now because where I'm now yes it plays a significant role to where I want to be but if where I want to be uh, it, it looks so different or has such a positive outlook I, I really would value that more because it's like there's so much opportunity especially as you get older and you move towards the future like, I'll be honest if I if I took my present self five years ago and where I'm now, the thoughts, the opportunities, the beliefs, all of that, and I would that seems like I don't want to say less valuable, but there was less of it then than it, it there is now five years later, and if that's the case, then I would like to think, and if I had to extrapolate, it would be even greater and exponential later. So that's why I value the future of the present. All right, I can see from that from that point of view. But what if, say, for example, what was happening in the present that you're preparing for your future? What if that was starting to impact you mentally and starting to to wear away at your well being? Would you then make a decision to act on behalf of your present self, or would you grind out results even if it was degradating to you? Um, I, I think it's how strong you believe in the future outcomes, and probably for me. I would like to think that I probably probably would grind it out just because I know it's a short it's a short term thing because if there was a I'm not gonna say there's ever guaranteed payoff but if the payoff was near near to like a hundred percent 
then I wouldn't mind sacrificing parts of myself now, knowing that it will get better. Because that that's kind of how we believe things are. Like it that's how delayed gratification occurs. You you sacrifice who you are and what you believe in or potentially parts of yourself now, knowing and having the understanding of the fact that there is more on the other side or more to it than you believe in right now in the future and that that's kind of how i see it and yes there's going to be moments in time where things are going to be difficult but there's a there's a i feel like if you have like strong like resolve and have such a great understanding of what is to come then i think you're willing to offset the things that happen in the present Okay, that's interesting, Manny. Interesting. All right, good to hear. I, I like how we've got different different perspectives on it, but that's what we like to bring in the podcast. We like to, you know, we're not necessarily always going to agree with each other, and we encourage people to have conversations with those who don't necessarily agree with you either. So that's that's fantastic. Good to hear both perspectives, and hopefully, people listening can weigh up both sides and form your own opinions on it as well. But um, just to move on to to a different topic. Um, how far in the future, Manny, do you plan for? Do you plan for five years in the future, two years, 10 years, 15 years, 30 years? Like, how far ahead would you say is an unrealistic time frame to plan for? And how far ahead do you personally have somewhat of an idea of what you're going to be going on with? When I was younger, I used to plan, like, ahead a lot, like 10 years, I'd say. But as I've got older and... Like I was just saying before, as you get older, your scope of opportunities widen. So the future seems way more unpredictable. Like where, like I said earlier, where I am now compared to where I would think I would have been five years before, very, very different places. So for me, I think five years and below is, is uh, the benchmark for how I plan out my future. I think anything more than that should be more generalized and not super specific because the truth is there's so many different places you're going to be there's so many your mindset and your like headspace is going to be completely different I, we look we talk about how um, we've obviously been at home in lockdown for probably let's just say a good 18 months not really seeing many people uh with the like exception of being able to see people in small spurts but where i was 18 months ago where it was the second year of uni and where i'm now as much as i think that my personality is very much similar like my my mindset's very obviously there's big differences now because I've worked in the industry and it's things like that where if you take it if I had to predict what would happen then and I don't think anyone would have been able to predict what would happen then but the truth is is that because so many things have changed so quickly especially now I think it would be naive in saying that you should be able to look to more than five years from where you are right now. I think you should have a general idea. Let's say, for example, so like some people might say, and probably myself included, would like to get married around 30 years old or no later than 30 years old. But th that's that's just a kind of a general statement. If it happens earlier, it happens earlier. If it happens later, it happens later. But it's not like, oh, I have to get married exactly on this day or happen, has to happen that year. It's more of a, <laughs> this yeah. is just one of those things where it would be a nice, but it's not an obligation. Whereas for me, five years from now, possibly looking at just how I'd like to see 
academic view of where my work's going, I'd like to probably be working at a really big company, maybe perhaps move from one to another and pursue a role in data science, moved on to machine learning engineering. That's kind of a bit more specific. And as things move on, you have a greater understanding. Like I didn't know that some of these things even existed five years ago. And it, that's why I think five years is such a good time frame. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm, some, I'm somewhat in agreement. I think five years for me personally is a little bit too far. I'd say two years is a good one because that's, you know, a lot more within reach. Five years, a lot can change. Two years, yeah, a fair amount can change, but you can still somewhat make in influences at this very moment that can affect you in two years time. But five years is, is, is quite a long time. You know, five years ago is 2016, whereas two years ago is only 2019. Now, I think that makes a massive difference. But, you know, for me right now, my, I've got stuff kind of planned for the next two years. You know, I've got university for the next nine months. And then I've got a, play, a placement after this, which is on a graduate scheme um, for another 18 months. But after that, I don't know what's going to be going on. I don't know whether I'm going to stay on at this company. I don't even know if they're going to want to keep me on at this company. Hopefully they would. I'd love to, to think that they will, but I can't say for certain. So up to those 18 months after this year now at university, I don't really know what's going to be happening, but I don't know whether that two and a half years is circumstantial because I know what's going to be going on, or if that's because I, I choose two and a half years to be the kind of benchmark for myself, you know, and I kind of know where in a year's time I'm going to, you know, move from university and move closer to my workplace so I know that I'm going to be changing where I live so I have to think about that a little bit you know in the back of mind is thinking okay the technicalities of moving house and stuff like that and finding a new place to live is somewhere in, in my mindset and that's what I can kind of see in my mind's eye but further out from that I can't really see what's going to be going on you know and I do like what you said about generalized ideas you know by 30 having certain things done certain things that you want to have achieved like I would like to have spent a good few years in the industry and settled down on a topic or a place in computer science that I find really passionate I'd also like to think that there's some form of you know relationship commitment that I'm in whether it be engaged or you know really strongly in a relationship or perhaps even you know you said it yourself the big m word married and stuff like that and that's a generalized one and I like the idea of a generalized uh, plan which is like you know a bit further down the line but I can't say anything more specific than that is what I would go for. I would go for stuff that I can see happening. For example, like this contract that I've got starting next September, I can see that. I know that that's what I'm going to be going for. And I initially, you know, initially I was kind of thinking, mm, do I want to take this job? Do I want to field other offers? And I thought, ah, it's just so nice to know that once I finish university, I'll know where I'm going to be. I'll know what my future will somewhat look like. And I think there's a lot of comfort that comes in that. Yes, it, it reduces the ability to be spontaneous and to make such, you know, instant quick decisions that can make a massive difference. But sometimes it's nice to have that comfort and knowing what the future holds. And that's kind of what I lean more towards. And outside of that comfort zone of the next two and a half years that I've kind of got planned, I don't know what's going to happen. And I'm happy about that. I'm happy to have that. I'm happy to have the comfort on the more immediate future and some of the mystery of the long-term future. I think that's kind of, that's where I stand on it, Manny. That's where I stand.
Yeah, and I, like you were saying, the, the difference is crazy when you think of like 2016 and then 2019. Like even those three years, that's more gap. Like so many things have changed. And I think possibly because we're younger and the structures around us and the environment changes like much at a much faster pace than for those people who are probably older than us and settled down, like you said, in the industry or just have their jobs and go about their day-to-day lives. Because for us, 2016 to 2019 is a change in three different areas. You've gone from your GCSEs, you just finished to A-levels, and from your A-levels, we've gone to uni. And it's those environments are so, so different. It's like crazy to think that like that happens across those three years, those, all those changes. But that's why I think, especially probably for us now, our perspective on the future is very unpredictable because we're so used to fast paced environments and very many changes and very small amounts of time. But I think if we ever visited this uh, topic like five years down the line, I think we have very different, a very different perspective for sure. Um, I don't know what you think about that. Would you agree with me? Do you disagree? No, I definitely agree. Yeah, it's. I thought you you said a really nice quote before we started the podcast, which is, "As you get older, your scope of opportunity widens, so the future seems more unpredictable." But I feel like what you've just said kind of proves the opposite of that. As in, you've there's less life changes that could happen as you get older. You know, you're not you know moving out at home for the first. There's a lot of firsts that happen between 16 and like 21. A lot of firsts happen there and a lot of unpredictable things happen. So I think as you get older, yes, the scope of opportunity widens in terms of what you're able to do, but I don't think the unpredictability is quite as is quite as uh, rife as it is when you are between the ages of 16 to 21, because, you know, at that point is when, when you're between those age, you're doing your first GCSEs, your first A-levels, and lots of people get into their first relationships, their first dating experiences, their first times at university, their first job, all these firsts are happening. And you don't know how you're going to respond to those things. And so that's a lot of unpredictability. But when you get older, things you've you've done all those first now things get I don't want to say a little bit more mundane or a little bit more rigid but you've been in those situations more times so you kind of know how you'll react and you can predict things a little bit better you can kind of sense how you get a sense for how you'll feel when these changes come because you felt them before so and thinking like five years ahead from nowadays what kind of first will there be for me and you, Manny? You know, our first graduation, our first non-intern internship job will happen. But a lot there won't be as many firsts as there were for the pre for the past five years. And I think that does make a difference in how you're able to plan your time and how you're able to predict your future. I'm not sure if that answers what you said whatsoever, Manny, but that's just a thought I was having. I like I like that though. I like how you mentioned that because it's so true. The first one, many things happened between the ages of 16 up and until 21. And perhaps it loses the, I don't want to say magic, but the mystique about it because it's not the first anymore. And like you said, these um, things now become patterns. And when they become patterns, there's a trend to them. And then as a result, they feel less spontaneous and there's, a, and there's less spontaneity there for sure. But I've, I still think that because you like you said uh when you took what i said in terms of the opportunities is based on skill set normally but 
in terms of I think there is going to be first, but they these first are going to be much more significant and very like the implications of these firsts are going to be much bigger than they would be between the ages of 16 to 21 if when you get older in terms of just big events like we talked about marriage we talked about like perhaps starting a family and all of these things are that they are massive massive changes it's there is very little small like it's obviously big changes for us between those ages but they're kind of small in the macro things that could change in your life overall and um just to round off the episode joseph if you had to quantify the importance of future out of 100 what number would you personally give it oh well if you asked me about this a year ago before i saw people around me graduating university with no idea what they were going to do uh, I, I would have said that it's incredibly important. Like I would have given like maybe a 90 to, to think about the future. But then I see the people who haven't necessarily got everything completely planned once they graduate like myself. You know, I've got, I've got a plan. I've got something in motion. I've got something ready there. But once I saw people starting to leave university and go into the world of work without a plan, without having thought, this is what I want to do, this, 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 and this they've all been incredibly successful without needing to worry about the future at, you know, a previous point in time. You know, my brother has found a job that he really likes. My brother's girlfriend's got a new job. My girlfriend's got a job that she necessarily thinks she would do. You know, my friends are finding work. They're finding really interesting and really, you know, starting to stoke the fires of passion within them in terms of, you know, stuff they didn't even know about. What you mentioned, there's stuff you didn't even know about. And that didn't come because they thought about their future. That just came because they saw an opportunity at the moment and they took it. And so that's really changed my perspective of how important it is to index on the future. Still for myself, I would still say it's very important because it's, you know, my planning for the future in second year university, getting a placement, finishing my final year, getting a job has allowed me some level of comfort in terms of knowing where I'll be. So I think that's really important on a personal level. But seeing those around me who haven't necessarily had that exact plan and had the sort of, you know, intensity of, okay, I know what I'm going to be doing and seeing how successful they've been makes me think that the number has lowered than where, it, where, where I would have said it a year ago. So perhaps now, if I give you an answer, give you a straight up answer, Manny, I would say 68. 68 is still important to plan, I think, but seeing how successful people have been just from spontaneity alone and seeing how happy people are, the people around me are, I would say it's less important than what I first envisioned about a year ago. What would you say, Manny? What number would you give it? Well, all I'm saying is you haven't given the future first, which is kind of outrageous, to be honest. It's two marks off. You're doing it 68, not 70. For its sake, Manny. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, I, to be honest, man, 90 is quite high. I would have given it 80. I think for me, 80 is the answer. Because how I've spoken about things today, what I personally believe in, and even if it is a generalised idea of what is to come in the future, it's still a consideration of the future overall. So I can't say I don't value it a lot. So I'd give it an 80 out of 100. Because the, the future for me has always been a place where there is more. And I don't know why. Maybe that's just a thought of my own where I don't think there's... I think there definitely is more to do in the present. Don't get me wrong. 
but I feel like there's more in the um because as I've got older my skill set's grown I feel like there's been more for me in the future than there has been in that present moment and that's kind of why I believe it's so important because there's more things to do more things that you have access to and perhaps maybe it's just me being very close-minded in the present or not believing I have those opportunities now because of whatever reason but that's how I've seen the, the future something that's more abundant great things to come huge potential and that's why I've always kind of seen it as such an important thing to move towards or even under like like partaking action now to I always say to people when I send a birthday message I don't know if you noticed Joseph I say happy birthday send a little message at the end say do something that your future self will thank you for and that's probably just been something that I've been so used to now for so long that I've given it so much weight that's why I believe it's so important and that's why personally I would have say it's a 90 maybe I probably would have a few years back but for me I think it's an 80 85 I think anything between that ballpark range is where I see it and that's personally what I believe in uh, yeah, I like the I like the ballpark plan. I like the ballpark plan. But yeah, I, I think that that kind of wraps things up for the podcast today. I'm I'm there's a lot of things talked about. I, I've had difficulty putting things into words because it's so difficult sometimes to talk about the future and you know think about things. So I do apologize if I've been a little stumbly with the way I've said things. And if if there's any misconceptions or any things that people didn't quite understand, I'd love to and you know the the thing like wait, what's Joseph on about? And hit me up let me i'll try and explain whatever i can but hopefully i've been hopefully i've been somewhat competent here today especially especially since we're talking about something so important i hope you all enjoyed this week's episode and i just want to give a big shout out to the new listeners and the new followers of the podcast really appreciate people sharing the podcast with a friend or a family member it means the world to us for myself and Joseph, so just want to say a big shout out to you guys. And if you do want to give us a follow on Spotify, that would be greatly appreciated. So you get a weekly update on when the latest episodes go live, which is at 6.30 every Sunday. And if you have any suggestions for the podcast, any ideas, any guests, anyone you really want to see on the podcast that you'd think that would really create a good dialogue or conversation for us to have, feel free to get hold of us, hold of us on Instagram at the official DMC podcast. That's the podcast one. And if you know us more personally on a more personal level, just get a hold of us, have a conversation with us and let us know who you want because that would be really helpful for upcoming guests and future people we definitely want to have on the podcast. And with that, that concludes the podcast. And this is the DMC signing off.